Hey, welcome to the 100th episode of the Thoughtcast, Conversations About Animation. I'm your host, Phil Belke. I'm coming in from northern Minnesota, and I'm joined by two enthusiastic individuals. Uh, joining me from the state of Georgia, uh, first off, longtime friend of the show, Jody Pulaski. Hey, Jody, what's up? Hi, everybody. I did not realize it was the 100th episode, so now I wish I was popping some champagne to celebrate. <laughs> um, but I am so excited to be here, especially because we're talking about Hamilton tonight, which is something I'm super passionate about. Um, it's been a minute since I've been on here, so I'm just excited to chat with both of you guys. Yeah, and actually, I believe it was you, Alex, uh, who suggested reviewing Hamilton, and I was enthusiastically on board. I think uh, this is a perfect subject to sort of mix things up uh, for the 100th episode, and also it's sort of our 4th of July special, um, and this is, you know, one of the biggest cultural phenomena in, you know, of the century pretty much so i kind of wanted to figure out what it was all about i had not seen hamilton until well i i watched the acts actually the two separate acts uh in sub in uh i guess subsequent viewings uh and I didn't finish until yesterday so i have now taken in hamilton for the first time uh watched the version on disney plus and uh i uh, am aware that both of you are are much more familiar with it than I am. Um, let's see, Jody, Jody, I know you were recently in New York City. I think I'll let you start off. You, you, you're, you've, did you see Hamilton on Broadway? I saw it twice in Chicago where it had a permanent residency up until um, the COVID pandemic. So I did have the opportunity to see it, I guess, live and on stage. Yeah. Um, I didn't get to see it in New York City when my interest peaked for it, the mm. whole nation was peaked for it, I guess mm -hmm. you'd say, and tickets were really quite expensive. So I didn't even know if I was ever gonna get a chance to see it live, but yeah, mm. I did see it twice in Chicago. Um, and I have watched the Disney Plus version. Um, I've probably watched it like 10 times. I'm quite a fan. Nice. I, the tickets were just so outrageous for the longest time on on Broadway. Like it was just uh, <laughs> like winning the lottery, you know, getting which they literally have lotteries for these things um, <laughs> to try to get into Hamilton. I know when it was at the Richard Rogers Theater. Alex, how about you? What's your history with Hamilton, the musical? So I am a big musical theater person like uh growing up like in uh like junior high and high school I was very much involved with that kind of stuff but as far as it goes for like popular shows I was not able to be introduced to things like that my knowledge of them are very short um songs or clips from popular Broadway shows or things of the like um uh so Hamilton actually is the first popular thing I've really been able to get into and absolutely was obsessed as soon as it came out on Disney plus I had mm. heard some of the songs prior to it coming out mm -hmm. and I was actually uh, I was staying at my mom's house when it came out on Disney plus because it was like some holiday weekend where we had an extended weekend so we got the chance to go to stay at her house for a few days um and my youngest sister was very excited about it coming out. And I was like, yeah, I know about it. Like I, I was like really wanting to watch it. So all of us, me, my mom, my youngest sister and Sean all sat down at like nine o'clock at night when it came out and like watched it. And all of us glued to the TV. We came back into town. And then that Monday, I went to Target as soon as I woke up and bought the um, soundtrack. It is two CDs. I went okay. to Target. I bought the CDs. I'm a big CD person. Um, and Jody, this is going to be funny for you. Anytime we have like a two hour long road trip to like <laughs> wherever we drive to, me and Sean put on the Hamilton CDs. And that's just like, it's like watching this show while we like drive because that's all it is like we we are Hamilton the whole way to for 
Greenville or wherever we go. So, but yes, that is like my experience with it. Like that's when I first experienced it. And then I was obsessed with it ever since it is. I think I just recently reinserted it into my CD drive in my car probably (laughs) a week or two ago, because this is the time of year where I'm like really listening to it. So well, I'm sure that's probably a very common way for people to have first experienced Hamilton simply through the music because, um, you know, getting access to the actual stage uh, musical wasn't the easiest thing for the longest time. Um, I was going, I had tickets to see it live in Los Angeles at the Pantages uh, and then COVID hit. So didn't get to see that. (laughs) Uh. Yeah. I mean, this came out at really a spectacular time because theater was, uh, I mean, completely shut down. I think when this finally was released on Mm. Disney plus, and that's a really great opportunity for viewers to have a chance to look into a Broadway show because There's so many people out there who have Disney Plus that will never have either the finances or the time to see it on stage. So it's a bummer you didn't get to see it live, but also you you got to experience the like whole pandemic version of it. You had the tickets, you lost the tickets and you got to watch it on a streaming service. Mm. What could be more COVID-19 than that? (laughs) (laughs) Exactly, yeah. And I mean, I, I wasn't necessarily screaming to, to see it or experience it i mean i i hadn't watched this uh, recording until just recently like i um i don't know the, the i i enjoy musicals to a degree uh this style of music isn't necessarily like my favorite type of genre it's very hip-hop based hip-hop <laughs> i don't know um i feel like hip-hop based <laughs> yeah um they bring up like we can get to that later go ahead <laughs> well I, I feel like he, uh lin-manuel miranda's heavily indebted to eminem and eight mile and the song uh lose yourself <laughs> for this you know, yeah not, never uh let's see i'm not gonna uh how is it phrased I, I, i'm not gonna throw away my, my shot. shot yeah I I think I've only listened to a few of Lin-Manuel Miranda's um, podcasts, you know, just where he's interviewed. And we've done different movies that have featured his music before, like Encanto, uh, Vivo, um, and and, um, In the Heights, Alex and I saw together. So I've had a little bit of a chance to like hear him talk about his different um, muses or his idols, I guess, in the music world. And a lot of it does come from that like R&B, but like pop, Mm -hmm. but like rap. 80s 90s vibe and if you ever do get the opportunity to hear him talk about his influences it's so interesting because some people are like oh my gosh well he's like a one-trick pony Mm -hmm. but he really talks about how his reasoning for like having the same sound for having that type of theme in his music and like making that music kind of be put to the forefront especially for like musical theater where we're more like used to like Rodgers and Hammerstein Stephen Sondheim things like that that are a little more like uh white <laughs> well, for lack of a better word culturally you know, like, yeah yes yeah, no that, i mean on. that's what it was and he he gets influences from uh the caribbean and you know african yeah. beats and things like that so it's very interesting yeah he does very good in in looking in um what he wants to have portrayed with his like if he's asked to do um music for a movie he does very good in making sure it is correctly represented so Moana um, Moana Moana, yeah so yeah and and they went they went to islands and they 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 looked at that kind of you know cultural sound same with Encanto they went to Colombia same with Vivo they did all that um Mm -hmm. uh for Hamilton I um I know I don't know much about uh the research that went into that but I do know for a fact he drew a lot of inspiration from Kanye Jay-Z and Beyonce for a lot like many of those songs a lot of the Skylar sisters songs mm-hmm. came or, or the songs that the Skylar sisters were included with were very much uh Beyonce inspired um and that is something that I had read that I wasn't necessarily I didn't see until I had read that. And then now when I listen to them 
repeatedly, um, I'm like, I really understand this. And then I see a lot of parallels between um, Sean is a big Kanye fan. We, he loves to listen to Kanye and then I'm, you know, he loves Kanye and then Sean who hates musicals <laughs> loves the Hamilton soundtrack. So, you know, I'm like, it's because it, it kind of, it, there's a bridge, there's a bridge. Very to much, world. Mm-hmm. It's very much, it's musical theater, but it's also like good to listen to and you enjoy listening to it versus things like your traditional musical theater songs, right? I don't know. Yeah. I I don't know really like what to uh, musical theater. I know musical theater songs, but I don't know like what all falls into that genre. But I know that I enjoy listening to this as just regular music. And so does Sean, who has no care in the world for anything similar to this. But he does. He'll listen to Hamilton and he will sing along and we'll have, you know, I make him sing the Alexander Hamilton part. So, yeah, I think this presenting the movie on Disney Plus was a really smart move, especially for people like Sean or people out there who just like don't have the ability to see these things on stage. I will say that like as someone who grew up watching like bootleg theater, I guess you'd say, or like, you know, people used to go into movie, not movies, but to New York shows and like record it and it'd be really shaky and it'd be like from an iPhone. I've watched a lot of bootleg um, musicals and I just think the the thought that they put into doing this because they recorded it back in June 2016, back when it was the original Broadway cast, they knew that they needed to invest in a really amazing, highly digital quality, like whatever. Yeah. I don't know what it is, what they filmed it with. An archival, like a, yeah. Recording. Yeah, that they needed to record it like that. And I hope that it, this version, this presentation of On Disney Plus has inspired other Broadway musicals to do the same because there's yeah. so many like Into the Woods and like Sweeney Todd that there aren't really, I mean, this is a rarity that we get to see a movie of a stage show done like this. I will say like, if I have to have some critiques of it, I don't really love the constant changing of the angles and the, the really close upness of it, but hmm. the accessibility by creating it, 10 out of 10, very smart. <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, the fact that it was uh, such a phenomenon could be attributed to, yeah, we were, t- uh, Alex was mentioning, you know, the, the musical genre, uh, and it, it is just an update from sort of the classical form of, you know, like the Tchaikovsky and Wagner, you know, the, um, you know, stuff that's more along the lines of like the sound of music. And now um, the traditional the classic yeah, mm-hmm. stuff that now is taking on a much more contemporary feel um, tends to generate a lot of interest. Um, and we saw this with like the um, was it the P.T. Barnum film. Um, greatest Showman. The Greatest Showman. That's right. Uh, so I mean, I, it's, it's saw that. I wanted to. Yeah, I and this uh, recording must have done been done over a, a several different performances. I imagine to get all the different camera angles and such. Yeah, absolutely. I think they probably even did um, particular shows for filming, just because there's words. I mean, they took out the F word for the Disney Plus version. They they did some tweaking, yeah. I think, to accommodate that audience. Um, so my guess is that the, you're right. They filmed it some nights where there's audiences there. They probably filmed certain parts when the audience wasn't there at all. So they could get up close and personal mm. the way they do. I mean, the filming, it, it is pretty spectacular. You can see the sweat on the brow. You can see, you know, the movement of the hair of the wig. You can see the skin, mm-hmm. which is something like, even if you see a live th- show, you don't always get to see that depending on what seats you have. Do you know what I mean? So oh, yeah. even for people who may have seen it, in the theater 20 times this would be a new experience yeah i'm i'm happy it's as immersive as it is yeah go ahead go ahead Philip. no um i yeah i was just referring to the the close-ups and everything which i think is cool the close-ups that's what i was yeah exactly um the the king 
the oh, he's Kristoff. He's Kristoff. Yeah, yeah. Yes, he's Kristoff. He's spitting water park <laughs> so show gross. the whole oh. thing, the whole time. It's not. It's funny. It's I think funny. it's important that but they like, leave that stuff in there because it helps it. It helps the viewer remember that this these are live people. This is a live performance. It's not like an edited. I mean, it clearly is highly edited, but like it, it helps it stay in live. Character. It's in character for him as well. Oh, oh yeah. The the, the drool is intentional because he's Mad King George. It so has he's to be. yeah, yeah. I love it. And you're talking about the sweat and all I can think about is the spit. And I'm yeah. like, that is so meant to be there. That's on purpose, right? It is. But yeah, it'd be difficult to see. I mean, of course, like when you're performing, that's happening. But like they, they, they could, they probably had 10 other shots they could have used that wasn't as wet, but they yeah. used what they did. Well, I, Okay, so we're talking about Hamilton. I'm I'm only going to be referring to the Disney Plus Hamilton. Sure. So I don't know if, if like we might all be referring to Jody has seen it in person and um you you I've only Philip the Disney Plus. Correct. Okay, yeah. So well, you know what? This kind of makes it a little interesting that we've Jody's seen more than <laughs> than just TV. But Having that, I think, is so interesting. Leaving that part in, I felt was intentional. There are so many things that you could look at in this uh, show and be like, they could have left that out or switched angles or switched, you know, to a different part of the stage, yet they left this in. And I feel like the aggression from the king and the slobber i guess was very intentional yeah mm -hmm. yeah i think and like i said i think they keep things like that in the filming just to like remind people like you're watching a play like you're you're like they wanted to keep aspects of live theater into it and and i think this is a great one i mean you'd be hard pressed to find a more energetic set of songs and vocal performances even with scripted shows. Um, so I, I think they really picked the right one and, and they did a good job with it. Most of the show, I mean, that you guys saw and that we see on Disney Plus is like filmed at the actor's eye level. It's tracking sideways, floating in all between. Um, I do wish they would have done more like full stage shots because I don't think the everyday viewer gets the opportunity to sort of soak in the entire choreography of the stage. I understand the you know importance of getting into their faces, especially during some of these songs and capturing the emotion. But unfortunately, I do feel like because of the way it was filmed, you do lose a little bit of that overall choreography and the overall like kind of like patience of watching a live show. Do you know what I mean? Like you're not, you're not having to look from this side of the stage to that side of the stage. They're kind of spoon feeding it to you. But again, these are just like little complaints that I would say in, in when I'm putting them side to side, but, but no, I, I love both versions and I'm like, I'm going to focus today on the Disney plus version. No, um, I actually like love to know. I actually like hearing what you have to say about uh, seeing it both ways because um. I Hamilton is probably the number one thing I would love to see live just because I love the um, TV adaption so much. And I've seen um, two, two uh, we, we, we went and saw Into the Heights and then uh, Dear Evan Hansen, both musicals. And the difference being those musicals were filmed as films and this was filmed as this a stage show. As a stage show, exactly. And but I think we need more of that because I think people really can appreciate theater once they're exposed to it. You know, sometimes exactly. I think like people go to a show and they're like, wait, it's just like a stage with some chairs. But seeing like all the things a company can do with a stage and some wood and some chairs and some costumes, do you know what I mean? Like you don't always need every story to be like told, shot in the exact location and orchestrated and stuff like that mm -hmm. and like not everybody has the opportunity 
to be able to experience like the live performances. So um, something that Hamilton did for me was make me realize like I, I can see things like this without going to the shows, you know, like the, the Hamilton is a difference being it was like a film stage show versus like a theatrical adaption, but it still gives um, appreciation and representation to like theater, mm-hmm. you know, someone, someone who is not very much, uh, you know, into it or not you know, doesn't think about it, might go and see uh, the movie or watch it on Disney Plus or, you know, whatever, whatever they're watching, right? And be like, oh, this is cool. And then be like, looking up on Eventbrite and be like, oh my gosh, Dear Evan Hansen, I saw that movie. And then be like, I really liked it. Like, let me go see it. Like, it brings appreciation to the arts, I think, by making it more accessible. But like, and that's what I like about it because like, it only made me want to go more mm. to live yeah. performances. Okay. Like, and I want to. Yeah, I think it could be a fear when they release something like this that like, wait, okay, we're releasing it on a public p- platform an affordable platform. Is there a risk that we could be, you know, losing booties in the seats or potential ticket sales. I do, I'm sure as a business, they had to kind of like weigh weigh the pros and cons about that. Like, for example, like I work in entertainment in some capacity and sometimes I'm like, should I just stream this all? On one hand, it's great exposure. It could get people excited about it. But on the other hand, could I be losing people? Cause they're like, well, I already watched it on my screen. And I think this was a really good example of like Alex said, like it piqued interest. It, it, It brought more people into the story. I'm sure you guys know that they've moved forward with filming um, Wicked, the musical. And I think that was another one that they had kind of paused on because ticket sales for that show were also amazing. It was when it came out, it was really, really hard to get a a ticket, Adina Menzel. I mean, and I think they were like, let's wait, let's wait, let's wait. And now I think they look back and they think, man, we should have filmed this when we had Kristen Chenoweth, Adina Menzel. They could have captured it, but now they're going to do, you know, a theatrical, um, transition so it's going to be filmed more so like a traditional movie but um but I think a a lot of musicals now after this Hamilton project are going to like I said invest in this type of filming well yeah when it comes to recorded stage musicals you can view on a streaming service or some other medium um officially um you know that that's certainly not something I'm aware of being too prevalent, at least on Disney Plus. Uh, You'd think maybe at some point they would release um, recordings of like, you know, some of their famous Broadway shows, you know, Lion King. Um, Isn't there, there's a Tarzan show now even. There's like, I mean, they've done everything. You know, Beauty and the Beast. Frozen, of course. And I have seen the Frozen uh, musical twice actually i'd love to have that accessible to anybody who can't be able to see that so i think hamilton really you know made me made me personally like want more i want more of hamilton i want to go see that in person but also i want more on-screen shows that i can go see yeah i think we just have to understand it it's a fine balance too because you do want to keep there is something like I wouldn't say like holy, but there is something very special about seeing something live and like sitting next to other humans and enjoying that live experience. And I do think there are certain shows, if you were to bring them onto like the screen, it wouldn't come across. There's certain experiences that are meant to be like experienced together with with a crowd. Do you know what I mean? So I think they have to kind of be careful when they choose which shows to pull and which shows not to pull. But I mean, during COVID, we were all, we all needed something. So this we was were all at home waiting for him. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. They did do this with Newsies. I know Disney. Mm-hmm. I, I, is that on Disney plus, you know? I, yes. I I've I seen could... it. It's okay. It's, there's, there's a version of it from like decades ago. That's the a, film. Movie st- a film style, yeah. but there's also a stage version yeah. and they're both super like the 180 of each other. Great experiences to watch. And again, cool. those are good ones. They're very energetic. Like maybe less, yeah. 
I wouldn't say like less emotional, but like they're, they're the good ones to bring into your home. Like Alex said, they're the kind you can like dance to in the car and sing along with. They have that type of beat. Yeah, I have uh, some facts about the filming of this. I'm not so sure that like the editing of, you know, the F words was like a Disney thing per se, more just to only one F word. Well, I think it's it, just to make it more family friendly. I'm but, sure. Well, well, the, um, the and they had to take it out. Because... The stage. Here's the thing. The stage musical has three, you know, F-U-C-K, but um in for pg-13 rating you're only supposed to have one there are a few exceptions um so um i think when they did this recording you know they wanted to make sure you know they could get a pg-13 rating no matter who purchased the rights to it uh disney paid 75 million dollars for Ooh. the world <laughs> worldwide right between all of them <laughs> all of the streaming services fought over it and disney won yeah. Because they had to take out those F words. I knew that when, they, when it came out, I knew that I read that. Well, D Disney bought this in February, 2020. And it was, uh, this filming took place in June, 2016. Uh, and that cost less than $10 million. So they made a pretty penny on uh, selling the, the distribution rights to Disney. Yeah, that's actually a low, low investment. If you think about it, I mean, obviously, I'm sure there's some type of royalty cut that goes mm -hmm. somewhere else. But wow, 10 million to have this. I mean, I, I read somewhere, actually, I should say, I just read it before we hopped on here today that mm -hmm. over the course of the weekend that Hamilton was released on Disney Plus, um, subscription numbers went up for that weekend, 74%, like they got an extra 800,000 people signing up for the app. Um, so they really did bring in a lot of Disney plus subscribers uh, with that. I mean, I'm not sure how many mm -hmm. people obviously stayed on, but it was a big jump for them. Yeah. Yeah. You wouldn't see that for a release of like Beauty and the Beast Broadway to Disney Plus or, or <laughs> Lion King Broadway. I mean, you might see a little bit of a bump, but uh, I'm, most people are just so familiar with those stories already. Um, it's Yeah, it'd be a little redundant. Um, My mom brought up something interesting, which doesn't really have anything to do with the filming versus the show um, on stage, but it was unique timing as well when it came out. I don't know if you guys remember, but during the time that this was like bursting in popularity. It was very like the same time that people were like actively wanting to remove like statues in the South. And I thought it was kind of cool, like how, you know, down here, there's a lot of conversation about removing these statues of, you know, old politicians and old presidents um, just because of the way they lived their life. And, you know, the morals have shifted quite a bit and, you know, culture has shifted quite a bit and how this musical kind of allowed for those political quote unquote heroes or villains to, to share their story without it being, you know, something you have to walk across the street and see every day. Um, down here, it's been a conversation of how do you keep history alive if you take down the statues? <laughs> and my mom is like, it was just really unique timing because the story can be told in so many other mediums, movies, mm -hmm. songs, stories, things you can read. Um, and I thought that was interesting that she brought that up. And I mean, I don't know if it's quite the same discussion you're up having in the north but I thought that was a really good point um I didn't know so much about the history of the United States until this musical and granted it's fictionalized a bit it's it's fantasized a bit but I like 1781 like I know dates now I know years now because <laughs> of these songs more so than I would have ever learned from you know a statue so I thought that was a unique thing that she brought up um when we were watching the movie together I forgot that John Adams was president for only four years. He was a uh, 18th century Donald Trump. <laughs> Honestly, yeah. Like this, this was an 18th century eight mile. No, <laughs> um, let's see. A lot, a lot of, yeah, just interesting history. And I think it's a fun subject that resonates with a lot of people, you know, rebellion and um, freedom, you know, independence. People, you know, I think the, these kinds of things strike a chord deep down for people. And, and it is interesting, you know, how Lin-Manuel Miranda chose to represent these historical figures as all persons of color, like the main cast, there are a few exceptions. I think only like the, the British characters are cast as, as white performers in this um, performance, the, the, the original cast. Um, and I, you know, that that's intentional. It's not, 
it's not explicitly like blind casting clearly because if that were the case then you would see more of a mix you'd think <laughs> so mm -hmm. I'm, I'm, i guess very much intentional and the songs that he wrote and the way that he wrote them it was all very much intentional to yeah. be like oh hey we were here too yeah check this out and i, I don't think it's distracting in the least i think there's still people out there oh. who worry about blind casting or color casting and I think like this show is such a good representation of how it it only amplifies the art. It doesn't take away. Like, I don't think I've ever heard, well, granted I run in a specific social circle, but I've never heard someone say that the color of the skin of these actors have detracted from the experience of the show, no. which is great. Like, I mean, I think we want to see more of that across the board with like everything, not just theater. Um, but you're right. Um, it's, it's a unique take on the story of the founding fathers because when I first heard about the show, what I pictured in my head was 12 skinny white men with white <laughs> wigs and like clog shoes, like tap dancing with a flag. Like that's kind of what I thought it would be before I, yeah. you know, it let myself get immersed in it. And I'm just happy it was a success. I, I, I wish I could experience it for the first time again. That's how much I love okay. it. Cool. Yeah, I think my one little quibble would be that, like, the guy playing James Madison is sort of he, comically like a tall person, uh, whereas James Madison, I think, in real life is uh, was under five feet tall. <laughs> I guess maybe that was intentional as well, instead of being, you know, <laughs> social. The, you know, diminutive. Casting, the casting for this, I think, I don't think. I could watch Hamilton the same way. I'm sure I would enjoy it just the same, but like also like I'm so in love with the cast and I'm familiar with so many um, actors and actresses that they had casted for this stage show that they put out that like, I don't know if like, I don't know. I'm, I'm also someone who's not been able to see a live show of, of any sort so um the you know if I were to go see Hamilton you know in Atlanta or something or wherever I don't know where they do it at I don't know but well, like yeah. I feel like I'd be like this isn't the same because I'm expecting <laughs> Leslie Odom Jr. and Lin Manuel Miranda well, I think that's something that they worry about because you want theater goers to go into it and see the character not the performer if that makes sense we yeah. went to um an Into the Woods revival in New York City and it was uh, Neil Patrick Harris as the lead and I had to remind myself during the show that like I'm not there to see Neil Patrick Harris I'm there to see the baker which is the character he was playing um, it is easy to get disappointed I think sometimes if you're specifically wanting to see this person or that person um, but what I've noticed and this is probably like a little tangent is since COVID many Broadway shows have brought in like um very, very famous people, I think, to pull people back into live shows. I can't remember. Oh, Hugh Jackman right now is the music man um, with Sutton Foster. There's a lot of really big names of like, I guess, movie stars that are coming back to the stage. And I think that is to pull people back into those, those seats. There is one question I, I wonder for you guys. Um, for me as a theater girl, I don't like when actors play two different characters. Did you notice when people who played something in act one changed characters and played a different character in act two? Do you like that or dislike it? I loved it. <laughs> I loved it. Lafayette to Jefferson. Chef's kiss. The loved beat, it. Number yeah, one, because I take. loved him and I, and I liked the, it, it didn't matter. Like it was such a seamless switch to me where like, I loved this character in act one and I'm glad that he made it back in act two, even though his act one character wasn't necessary anymore. I love yeah. to see him again. And I'm, I, I, I'm sorry for what I said earlier about like, uh, like I like love these characters. Like it's not that I wouldn't appreciate seeing a live performance. Uh, with whoever was performing I didn't mean it that way oh so no, 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 no no let me rephrase that to say like <laughs> if I could see any show live I would be so immersed into sure. it and I would always love it but like 
I'm just, I just love the casting that they chose. I should have said that a lot better than I did. So well, I, could, I could see like the little like high school adaption of Hamilton and be just as like excited about it as I would uh, going to see the original Broadway cast. But um, I didn't mean it the way that I phrased no, it. No, no, I, I know what you're saying. I think these are just things that might go through the minds of people who are- No, I, no, no, yeah. but you brought up a really good point. Like it is, it is a good point being like, you see something and you have this like thought in your head where it's like, I love this. I'd like to see it like this again. And like, you might not always, but I just, I do want to say that I don't care- yeah what show it is or who is casted or yeah. how I see it. Like I'm always going to be so grateful to even just be able to watch uh, a live performance and see the arts and just, you know, be immersed into it. And yeah. especially something like Hamilton where I'm so like, I could, I could perform the whole thing for you right now. Um, I've got a question. I, yeah. 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 Um, well, speaking of the multiple roles per actor, um, you know, in the beginning, in the opening number, uh, Anthony Ramis's character, he plays John Lawrence and Philip Hamilton. And he says, I, you know, me, I died for him. And both of those characters get, spoiler alert, <laughs> aren't, aren't both of those characters victims of duels? So, so that's kind of neat that there's a symmetry there. Yeah, I think you can see kind of a correlation because there's also the person who is um, Lin-Manuel Miranda's. Um, oh. Yeah, yeah. And then that, isn't she the mistress in the second Mariah half? Mariah Reynolds, yeah. Yeah. And you kind of see some things like throughout that as well, where there's some type of like a duality between the characters that are chosen to like flip-flop like that. Yes. Um, I, I wouldn't know them off the top of my head. You'd have to ask a Hamilton expert, but I do, I do like that kind of stuff. And it's kind of like the more you watch, the more you see type of thing when you start noticing things like that. Sorry, I, I love I love the switching yeah. with the characters because I loved the casting. I it might just be because I loved the casting, but also it took me probably this the second time it it either took me the second time around watching it or talking about it with those who I watched it with to realize that it was the same um actors and actresses that were playing these roles because mm -hmm. Um, almost everybody except for Hamilton and Burr went to part two as a different person because you had, you had, um, gosh, I only know their real names, but you, the, you David Diggs John was, Adams was yeah. whatever. And, you know, everybody went, came back and number one, that just kind of helps out with like familiarity I think with like watching something and then also they're just great people like I everybody that was in Hamilton I know from something else yeah Philippa Sue sorry Philippa Sue she's um in Over the Moon which is one that we talked about here yeah and I don't know if you guys know it but like David Diggs he's in the new Little Mermaid production that Disney's working on right now too so like these are people who are in so many different projects that we've actually talked about or we'll probably talk about in the future um just like a very active group of performers um so I agree like with Alex like it is a a great cast. And I mean, some of that is due to Hamilton. I, I do think Lin-Manuel Miranda has something about him, like a little extra magic that he sprinkles around on the people he works with. Because I mean, David Diggs then came in um, and worked on another Disney project with him. Philippa Sushi even like did some background voices for In Moana. I just feel like this group kind of became intermingled. So, so is um, Anthony Ramos uh lynn loves to use in things and also oh my gosh i cannot think of his name but george washington is moana's dad and george washington and lynn manuel miranda are like best friends in real life i don't know if you guys watch like drunk history but there there's an episode if you don't watch drunk history like you can probably like look it up on youtube it might be like a 20 minute like clip it is so funny um Lin-Manuel Miranda gets on Drunk History and talks about Alexander Hamilton, but then brings in, um, they just talk about it. And then 
like they like acted out. I don't know if you guys are familiar with Jeffrey, whatever, blah, blah, blah. But they're actually friends in real life. And he mm-hmm. loves to like use the same people. So like he loves Anthony Ramos. He loves to like include him in his projects. Whoever played George Washington. Uh, he Chris, loves uh, Chris Jackson. That's right. That's correct. I could not think of his name. He loves to include him on those projects. Like he, he, Lynn has his like, group of people that he loves to use and i and i think that's great because the people who recognize lin-manuel miranda will recognize these people as well and it it sets like a bar of like continuity of just being like you know it's gonna be yeah good miranda composed and wrote in the heights as well if i'm not mistaken before hamilton wasn't that yes, sort of his yes. yeah it was a stage show yeah, way he, way long ago mm-hmm. and that was nominated for tonys and stuff too i think the great success of hamilton almost like overshadowed it where people are like oh yeah what was in the heights again but mm-hmm. even though that was like the smaller of the two it was also really celebrated um mm-hmm. and now there is a full-length feature film that yeah. outside. i mean we've, we've seen it we really enjoyed it um i haven't seen I, it yet I, I don't know what what he's working on now. I mean, I think he directed Tick, Tick, Boom, which recently came out on Netflix. And that's something I really enjoyed. Um, But I mean, it would be it would be hard to beat what he must have gone through with the success of this particular musical, because it really did. I do think it was almost like a world changing show. Um, I don't think he's had a flop. I mean, everyone has, you know, projects that don't get run through everything that he's done, like Moana killer soundtrack and Kanto killer soundtrack. Um, obviously, I would Hamilton. say Vivo was probably less embraced as a project. But um, what I was going to say was um, with with the film, what I can't remember is, do they give you guys an intermission even though it's a Disney Plus? Like, did you have like a, a break in between Act One and Act Two? It's like two minutes, I think. Yeah, okay. yeah, you could like pause. Like uh, we did when we first watched it, we paused. No, so, I like, like that. I like that they keep stuff like that in there because I think those are just like aspects of live theater that you want to keep giving, even if it yeah. is through the screen. Um, I, I don't know, like just keeping the integrity there with, with things like the intermission and stuff like that. Sure. So. Philip, with you watching it this way, if you if you compare it to any type of like live show, what did you think? Like, do you feel like you feel like you were watching a movie? Do you feel like you were watching a stage show? Like, what did you get from it? Yeah, I mean, it was um, similarly satisfying. I would say, I I mean, it's always cool to be there and in you know proximity to these performers. It's a different perspective getting to see um, the characters up close, and I don't know the <laughs> the Jonathan Groff Spittle is maybe visible from the seats. That's probably why he's making it so prominent. You know, you know the Mad King George and his uh, you know maniacal ways. Uh, but um, other th- you know, it's it's um, I, I I don't remember feeling like I, I was missing that much at at some of the live shows that I've seen. I've I've been to one uh, Broadway play, and that was the show that preceded Hamilton at the Richard Rogers Theater in 2015, uh, the the musical If Then uh, with Idina Menzel. Oh my I actually, gosh, I that's saw it a twice. beautiful, beautiful show. <laughs> yeah. Um, no, I and I was going through a bit of a Idina Menzel phase at the that point. And I mean, I, I love her voice and I, I, you know, even like uh, Philippa Sue has sort of a similar vibe to her voice. Uh, you know, I, I like I like that character from Over the Moon, uh, Chang'e, and she's got that one cool song. Uh, was it Ultra Luminary or something? Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, like um, I the, the music from If Then is terrific. It didn't last. You know, it wasn't nearly <laughs> as renowned as Hamilton would become. But it's kind of cool seeing, uh, you know, performance at that same uh, performance, you know, playhouse. And also the fact that these are both uh, musicals primarily set in New York City. So I've got kind of a lot of, you know, New York City uh, exaltation going on in both of the. It's kind of funny because it's like 
uh, Broadway is, you know, one of the big features of New York. And for whatever reason, there seems to be a lot of uh, New York themed Broadway shows as well. Uh, I don't know if that's a coincidence or just, you know, that they're inspired uh, by their- They're all setting. obsessed with themselves <laughs> out there. So they like, they want to watch musicals about themselves. Yeah, I mean- Just I, kidding. I'm just kidding. No. A lot of, a lot of New York wankery. <laughs> Um, yeah, I, I, uh, it would have been fun to see it, you know, in, in New York, but, um, you know, not the most practical endeavor. Uh, I, I am glad though, to have, you know, gone and experienced, uh, Broadway at least once in my life. Yeah. And I mean, it's still going to be out there for you when the time comes, like there will be another show like this. I don't know if there will ever be a show that was like, I think it was nominated. Hamilton was nominated for 16 Tony awards and won like 11 of them. It was something like that. It was something crazy. So like, I don't know the next time we'll have one of those on Broadway, but I mean, any show that's on Broadway is going to be a good show. This, uh, um, well, uh, Lin-Manuel was up for an Oscar. He was in 2017 with Moana. It didn't win. And this year, um, you know, he was nominated for best song. It was the Los uh, Orgatus. Um, where is that category? Music uh, written for motion pictures, original song. Um, that was yeah. sad. Dos Orugitas, uh, the two caterpillars. Yeah. yeah. Um, it was not he did not he would have become an egot if he won this year what does that mean uh emmy uh, grammy oscar grammy. Tony. Oh, okay yeah no as soon as you said emmy i understood i didn't know there i didn't know that i've i've actually never heard of that that's kind of cool that that's like a mm-hmm. thing that <laughs> a title for people i didn't know that actually robert lopez has um well i think he actually has more than one win in each category uh, a little bit wow. you know who wow. wrote music for for frozen and um coco uh, yeah pretty incredible <laughs> like he's like I a double i've never heard of that before e- egot is emmy grammy oscar tony. tony yeah i've never i've <laughs> that makes sense that people could win it all it's a yeah it's good for them. <laughs> Um, the winner was Billie Eilish for No oh, Time to Die. Her. Good for her. Yeah, good for she her. Is, she's an amazing artist. I know that this one's not about her, but I, 10 out of 10 Billie fan. She's very cool. I'll co-sign that too as well. Yeah. Well, um, it's been fun chatting about Hamilton. I know there's a lot more we could go into. On, this on is the, the type of thing that like people after I mean you get the initial review from people this is the type of musical that is so many like nuances so many tiny little facts it's been talked through for hours and hours and hours and hours so this this is a huge topic to try to tackle uh, as the three of us but I love like hearing your guys's opinions on it and sort of what your thoughts were viewing it yeah I agree yeah I I I heard I don't know sort of a touching story of um Lin-Manuel composing I believe it was the number it's quiet uptown um, and that was like inspired by just a moment of quiet that he had while he was making Hamilton uh, overall it took him like six years to complete uh, the uh, you know the writing process for Hamilton um, but like the the, la- the final piece piece was just a, a moment of like rest um and he experienced that like when he just had um you know the time in the evening when he and his wife would like tuck in their kids and uh you know just the sensation that gave him was just you know kind of the ultimate um reprieve from you know just the incredible you know the ferocity of his (laughs) everyday life and um he he knew he had to include some something you know like that in in the you know, in, in his work, um, to really, um, kind of drive that feeling home. Um, so yeah, I don't know. I thought that was neat. That's really sweet. A lot of, yeah, it is sweet. He creates a lot of emotional work. I feel like in anything that he does. And 
I feel like there are a lot of songs in Hamilton that are relevant to the storyline, but also relevant to, you know, whatever a singular person is going through day to day. Like, um, wait, like, wait for it. Like, uh, that song Mm -hmm. always gets to me. I will, if I am having a bad day, like I'm blasting it in the car and I'm like crying. There are multiple songs in Hamilton that I am like, mm. I can I, relate to in some yeah. way or another, but it's like about the freaking revolution or whatever, you know? Yeah, that's the power of theater and the power of storytelling is like what you start to understand as you go through life is that these experiences you have as an individual are actually very universal. Like you could be born 3000 years ago and you're going to experience love and death and pain and wanting and wishing as much as you are today, whether you're black or white, you know? So I feel like that that's a very common thing that, you know, people probably experience with the show as well as many others. And the way that they can make it so relatable between, you know, the 1700s and then, you know, 2020. Mm. It's, it is, it is just, it's just really uh, astounding. Smart. It's smart the way that they are, he, Lynn Manuel Miranda, the way that he is able to make it apply to something so long ago, but also relevant to what you could mm. be feeling now or might be feeling in the future or have felt before. Like, it's, it's so, it was, you know, just a really, that whole, I want to say whole album because like, that's like what's always on repeat, but like, that's really what the whole show is, is just the nonstop songs. If you get the, if you were to buy the two disc uh, CDs, it would just be the entire musical, but um, it, I- work of art a work of art is like the only thing i can explain it as i have not seen it is one of my favorite movies i think it like only falls like right beneath like uh the great gatsby like the leonardo dicaprio version (laughs) (laughs) like not comparable but like that's where it falls on my like movie list yeah i mean no matter you know how this was you know or how this might have been executed otherwise like just the concept of portraying these events you know of the american founding and some of these political debates that occurred through rap battles is just totally ingenious and and just has me totally sold uh that's all you need to say to get me to uh (laughs) to be interested and i'm so glad they did you know they have the cabinet battle number one cabinet battle number two like these these were some of the highlights for me because it's just you know such a (laughs) inspired way to really make these sorts of um real life events just just really sing on stage You'd never seen it before, Philip. This was your first time this, watching this it. This was my first time. Mm-hmm. And how, what do you rate it? Oh man, I mean, you said you um, loved it. <laughs> yeah, but yeah, like, it's, it's uh, awesome. One to ten. Where are you? Where are you putting it? Um, I'll you know say it was like, oh man. Uh, he hates these ones. I'll just say eight, you know, because like that's pretty high. That's a good ranking, yeah. It it's uh, exquisitely produced. Um, it's not necessarily like my favorite type of entertainment. Um, sure. but I I know like the more I listen to this, and you know, probably the you know, if I watch it again a few times, I I sure I will only grow to appreciate it more and more through subsequent yeah do you think of yourself like so what really got it for me I watched it one time and then listened listened to it nonstop, and then Mm -hmm. I watched it you know I've probably watched it about 10 to 15 times since the first time seeing it but I watched it and then only wanted to listen to it because I thought the sound was good so do Mm -hmm. you feel like you would appreciate it more by watching it or by listening to it. Yeah, I, I, uh, you know, certainly more um, convenient to turn on the 
album, you know, on Spotify or something and, and listen back through the, um, you know, the set list. I, I've actually you know, started listening back to it. Um, and I just didn't get into the, the album version because, um, you know, I wanted to see it first. There, right. there are other times where I will, you know, experience the album before actually seeing the musical such as or well wicked as an example because uh, there hasn't been like a professionally released wicked. recording is has there no there hasn't there's only bootlegs out there right now <laughs> how are those you've probably I, seen there that. Are wicked, but I've never seen scenes i know so many wicked songs but i have no idea what wicked is about they're really rough they're they're <laughs> really rough and i mean i We'd be stupid to think there wasn't a really nice, clean, great recording out there, but everything I've seen hasn't been great. Um, Are there leaked, at least like professionally filmed or photographed version, or are they all? There's songs, there's certain songs. I've only heard like good recorded versions of Wicked, like Defying Gravity and- um, Maybe just certain songs or- Yeah, certain songs, that's all I know of Wicked. I've, I've oh, read I, I mean, of, like for videos, yeah. uh, for the videos oh, of it. No, I don't. Um, I've never seen yeah. anything of Wicked. I've read a little bit of the book and heard songs. That's it. Yeah. Nice. So what I was <laughs> about the yeah. bootleg. You're talking about video. Never mind. Never mind. Never mind. No, no. We. I want to. I want to <laughs> know about. No, I want to know. No, I was. About. Well, I'm saying that there's bootlegs of the whole show out there, but they're all very amateur. We'd be dumb to think that there aren't good ones out there, but they haven't been like released in any capacity that I've seen. However, there are some clean edits that you can find of like certain songs or like little moments that you can find on YouTube that seem professionally shot, like where they leak you just enough to kind of like, you know, get into it. But, but I really truly hope like deep in my heart that they do have a clean professional copy of the Adina Menzel, Kristen Chenoweth performance, because that's like a historical landmark show. And if they didn't do that, it would be a disservice to everyone. Well, that's what I'm familiar with from Wicked is, is that, but you haven't, uh, I'm saying filming it, filming it, not watching it. it. No, right. Right. And I, I don't, but like, it, that's that's old old it's i mean it's not that old it's within the century with 10 yeah. years at, as at of least. as of now i'd be much more interested to see uh you know professional filmed uh version of that original cast on broadway of wicked than you know the upcoming film me too adaptation um, which could be good. I heard there's they want to split it into like two films. Unfortunately, <laughs> yes, they're like pulling like the Harry Potter aid on us. Like what? nobody, nobody really can quite understand that because hundreds of thousands of people have seen this show in one sitting, and again, it's just like it's dumbing it down for an audience that doesn't need it dumbed down. Like we can watch Titanic, we can watch Avatar, like. We can watch a three-hour movie. We'll be fine. Uh, yet they are choosing to put it into two movies to like really milk the <laughs> milk the cow. You know. Uh, well, what's what's the? I mean, Defying Gravity is obviously such a standout. And on a, would they come up with a way to reprise that in the in the second film? Maybe. <laughs> My uh, guess is that they do something like that she starts taking off and embracing her powers and that's sort of like her Elsa moment. And then they're just going to like pause us there, I guess. And what the romantic song I really like, uh, just what was it? As long as you're mine. Uh, as long as you're mine. Yeah. That, or that, something like that. But isn't that also in the first half of the, mm-hmm. so like, yeah, what good songs are there in the back half? Uh, we'll find out. We'll see what they you know, do, but I'm happy for, with for Hamilton. Good. They didn't yeah. try to do that. They weren't like, Hey, here's half of Hamilton. See you in two years. Here's the other half. And it like, was, a, it was a long performance. Com- Longer yeah. than a, a movie. It's it like, was, it's more than two and a like half almost, hours. Yeah, I was gonna say it's like almost three hours, I thought. Um but I I feel like anybody I've ever talked to sat down and watched it in one sitting, and I've I feel like it doesn't even feel like it's that long to me, but um it covers a lot of ground. 
I think it was great. Um, big, big fan of it. Sean, do you want to put your thoughts in on Hamilton? Uh, he said he loves it. He loves it. Yeah, nice. he's here. He just popped in. Cool. Yeah. Um, well, I let's see. Anyone else have any like uh, final significant thoughts? Otherwise, we get into wrapping things up. Wrap it up. Yeah. Uh, well, I mean, thank you so much, Jody and Alex. I, I don't know if we'll have uh, you know a similar conversation about live theater anytime soon, but this has been a very uh, special thrill and a pleasure to to have this conversation. Um, you know, upcoming. I I do want to talk about like the new Pixar film, Lightyear, and you know the, we got other things. I'm sure that uh, be plenty interesting. I I know Alex, you've been uh, following Stranger Things and have probably thoughts on that. Yeah, so. I'm really excited for uh, July 1st. I'm ready. You know, do, nice. have you you're caught up? I'm uh, yeah. They're they're going to be dropping that second two round. More, of- only two more episodes. Okay. You know, they're like movie length, right? Sure. Well, then uh, there's a season five in like two years, but then the, the <laughs> part, part two is, is like two, two hour long episodes. Yeah. These have been some long episodes this season. Yeah. So I'm excited. Like I'm like waiting for it. I, that's really like the only reason I'm keeping going right now, but uh, yeah. Yeah. I guess uh, maybe just one last uh, brief questions like um you know do, do you think hamilton is you know is going to stand the test of time is it relevant like um as it pertains you, alex is enthusiastically saying yes uh but like uh, and and i know like the the patriotism is isn't the most like overstated in hamilton i i couldn't remember if if you even see an american flag displayed in the show at all and apparently you don't, um, yeah. but, you know, plenty of reasons to, you know, be uh, impressed with like the historical um, presentation of everything and, and you know, have it not be too, you know, jingoistic, yet also respectful of, you know, the, the history surrounding the American founding and all that. So I don't know, there, there are critics of, you know, the this uh veneration of you know these certainly imperfect people you know who were the founding fathers and there of course the the show goes into lengths on portraying the imperfections so uh, you know they're trying to really give a a full uh fully three-dimensional kind of view of of what some of these guys were like and and a lot of them were very anti-slavery you know they had progressive views on on some of these issues that were hot topics at the time um so you know that that's something admirable um but to wrap it up otherwise uh alex i know you you normally necessarily don't have uh, uh social media to plug do you um i have social media but i don't plug it because i like to be um nah, heard and not seen <laughs> all right how about you jody you get your muted <laughs> i wonder i was wondering if that was intentional uh, i apologize i have dogs and and the dogs are what you will see if you follow me on any type of social but right now it's just been tiktok which is jody j-o-d-i pulaski p-o-l-a-s-k-y 47 it's a lot of princess content um but i throw in some other stuff too so, and I don't know if you were trying to say anything during that that last little monologue. I was, I'm, you may have been thinking I was just steamrolling you there, but uh, I don't know if any any final thoughts in the sort of you know patriotism aspect of the show. I I had thoughts and I said them, but they really did mirror yours. Like I do think it's a landmark show. There's a lot of questionable you know, aspects that come along with with history, especially American history. But because of the way that Lin Manuel Miranda worked his magic and cast it and wrote it. I do think it will stand the test of time. I don't think it's like Cats or Phantom of the Opera. Like, I don't know if it's gonna be on stage 30 years from now, but I do think it's something we'll be talking about in the history of theater for the forever future. Yeah. Awesome. Well, uh, thanks to you both. Um, 
This has been the Thoughtcast conversations about animation that we talk about plenty of other things as well. Um, and uh, I'm your host, Philip Elke. You can find the Thoughtcast at Thoughtcast.com, at Thoughtcast on Twitter and Instagram. Uh, we are streaming, I host these on SoundCloud, but we're also Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, iTunes, Amazon, uh, Amazon Music, I think. Yeah, they also host podcasts on that site. Um, iHeart uh, Media. Um, did I mention um, Spotify, Stitcher, all those various platforms probably not as many as i could uh have um hosting this show this fine program here uh but anyway you can find me at philip elke on twitter and instagram as well and uh i think that just about does it everyone have a happy independence day fourth of july if you're listening yeah. in the u.s um have a wonderful week uh, have a magical day warm hugs 